0: there, Rachel. Here we are again. Here we are again. How are you? I am good. I'm just going to come out and say I am definitely a changed woman. When we started working on this podcast in earnest about six months ago, I sent a voice message to my producer, I was feeling nervous. I was scared that I might not be the best person for this project, I confessed into my phone. Who am I to lead on loving your body when I don't even know if I love mine half the time? Together, we built this blueprint for the show based off one universal idea. Exploration, not instruction. Student, not teacher. The stories we've heard, experts we've learned from, rabbit holes we've wandered down with statistics and court cases and commercial clips, we've done that together. And I really mean that. A lot of these ideas around accepting your body, you've been listening to me process them in real time. And yet, as we wrap things up on this first season of Talking Body, we can't help but wonder at some of the things we might've missed. For one, we made a conscious decision not to do an episode about lockdown, although we certainly touched on the effects of COVID-19 in a lot of the stories. Part of that decision is due to the fact that most of us are still living in lockdown, and it feels too present and traumatic to fully dissect. Perhaps if there's a Talking Body Season 2, and hopefully maybe it feels like we've gotten some distance from this experience we can go there. Looking back at some of the episodes I'm most proud of, like our episode on motherhood, for example, I can't help, but think about all the places we could have gone deeper if we just had more time or a zillion more episodes. After all, how do you cover a topic as vast as race and body image in 45 minutes? You can't. And I hope we made it clear that we weren't trying to in a sense, There's no aspect of life that my experience loving, hating, and then relearning to love my body hasn't affected. That's the thing about having a body, I guess. Wherever you go, whatever you do, you take it with you. I'm Amy Porterfield, and this is Talking Body. So, something I haven't spoken about yet on this podcast is my coach. I work with a coach or my body issues. Her name is Corinne Crabtree, and it would be an understatement to say that she has completely transformed the way I think about my body. We talk once a week about my feelings, about what I'm going through, uh, about what I want to do or say or eat, or how that's actually manifesting in my life. And when I started hosting this podcast, I knew it was going to bring up a whole new round of things to talk about with her, and then I figured, why not talk through it on the show? We are recording. Here we go. Well, hey there, Corinne. Welcome to Talking Body.
1: Well, hello. Thank you for having me. I'm I'm really excited about this one. I've been listening to the whole thing, and um, I'm very impressed with this project.
0: Well, I, you've been cheering me on every step of the way. Have we worked together for like three years? Do you think it's it's going to be
1: three years this year? Yeah.
0: Yes. And, um, I have been through so many mental and physical ups and downs, highs and lows with Corinne. She knows me just as much as my best friend knows me. And so I wanted her to come on the show. I wanted you to come on the show because you have a very unique perspective around almost everything that we've talked about on Talking Body. So I want to start out by just asking you to explain in your own words, uh, what do you do and what's your approach to wellness?
1: So when my whole approach is I grew up overweight, um, I was, I always tell people that I came out of the womb thin when nobody gave a crap about it. (laughs) (laughs) Once I hit nine though, I started gaining weight and like many people, um, struggled with it all my life. It felt like all my life, you know? Um, and when I finally did lose weight, I knew that I had finally lost weight in a way where I had changed personally as a person. So I abandoned every Weight Watcher plan I'd ever been on. And I abandoned every, I mean, you name the diet and, and it'd be batshit crazy. I had done it and probably did it with my mother at one point. So I just wasn't going to do that anymore. I knew somewhere deep down that I was not cut out to just keep in that frustration cycle. So when I lost weight, I did it through meeting myself where I was at, which I'd never done with weight loss. I didn't feel bad for the foods I ate, which I had never done with weight loss. I told myself positive things, like the hardest part of my journey, but the best part of it was I really learned how to talk to myself. I was, as I was going along, I realized that so often when I was losing weight, I talked to myself like shit. And when I was losing weight this last time, it really dawned on me that every time I talked to myself like crap, that was why I would go back to eating as an escape. And I would just tell myself, we don't talk like that to ourselves anymore. Like you, like I remember thinking, you can't think like that. That's the old you and the new you does not think that way. So for me, my approach became, I was going to teach every woman, not only how to lose her weight, but lose it in a way that she could live her life, lose it for good and feel as amazing as she deserved. Because for me, that was the real component is that we have to quit eating things because people tell us to and doing things because people tell us to, we have to really start figuring out who we want to be and learn how to love ourselves. And you you learn how to love yourself. The game is solved.
0: People would be surprised to know that you and I, we talk every Friday morning and maybe 10% of the time. Have we ever talked about the actual food that I eat And that's why I started to work with you because I wanted to change my inner game and I have changed drastically over the last few years. And I wanted to do talking body because I wanted to explore it and go even deeper and continue to improve in this area of my mindset around how I feel about myself. Okay. I want to ask you about another episode that we had on the show. So Dr. Uh, Philippa Dietrichs, she talked about, this concept of social capital for women and how our social capital is tied to our looks. And this is something that I've talked publicly on the show that I do a lot of video and I've seen myself age on video throughout the last 12 years. And I wanna look a certain way and I get wrapped up in all of that. So as you, as you work with so many women, this idea that our social capital is tied into how we look How do we get around something like that?
1: Well, I think the first thing we have to do is just, it's kind of just normalize that we've been handed a set of standards to us. I think some of us get, uh, I think some of us get upset and um, riled up about it and stuff. And if that works for you, I think that's great. I know for me that anything that, has been handed to me by society and stuff. I don't want to spend my time and energy being upset about it. I would rather spend my time and energy questioning it. And is that what I really want? I think the hardest, and I work through this myself as someone who, you know, lost all of her weight, you know, you know me, I got loose skin and I've had some surgeries trying to fix, you know, for every surgery I've had, I've got train tracks all over my body (laughs) showing exactly the surgery that I've had. And I continually work on just reminding myself that I am beautiful, even when it feels so untrue because of what I've learned from society. I work continually on allowing myself to be triggered to think like I look purposely in the mirror at the areas of my body where I know my brain, the first thing it's going to offer is horse crap. But I do it on purpose because if we don't start listening to what our narratives are and then consciously changing them on purpose with a decision we make of how we want to think about ourselves, that narrative will never change. So it's like we have to kind of just come face to face with it all. I don't get upset about it. I totally get that it's out there. But I do, I do some protective measures. I don't follow accounts where people glorify their body, you know, where they're all perfect and stuff. God love them. But you for reason- me, do I go ahead? Go I just say for me, when I see that, it just makes me um, start thinking more about that's how I should look. That's how I should look. So I fill my feed with bodies of all sizes, all types all looks. And I really read what they talk about how when they're talking about how they've decided to love their body, what they're most proud of about their body, what their body's able to do for them. The more I read that, the more I catch myself normalizing that in myself. You know, this last year, I've really worked on it the most. And I've really just decided I am more interested in loving my body than I am trying to change it to fit what somebody else has said I should look like.
0: Amen to that. You recently uh, started posting on social media where you're in shorts or didn't you post in a bathing
1: suit? Oh yeah. Yeah. I got the 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 bikini. I got all the bikini. Yeah. Because I feel like my body represents what a, like a body looks like when it's had a lot of weight to lose. I mean, I just, I think we've got to see more of that. I it's comforting to me when I see other women who have lost weight too. Um, and I get to see that they're not all like ripped and shredded. Like they're supposed to be on a magazine and stuff. I I just think it's healthy for people to see all kinds of bodies. And especially as someone who is in the weight loss industry, you know, like I have a love, love and hate affair with it. I it's, I'm in it, but I also can't stand the typical narratives that we have, like how we have to lose weight. And I watch commercials on TV and I am just like, please quit putting up perfect bodies and then be happy. And then the version that has weight to lose always looks miserable. Like we get to be happy at any size. We get to love ourselves. The more we love ourselves, the less we're using food to cope with our lives. We're too busy when we love ourselves trying to create a life that we love. And that's bigger than we ever dreamed. When we love ourselves, we're not so focused on dieting all the time. So I just, I think for me, I just wanted to just put it out there for people. And I knew for me personally, it was a big step. I've never, I will say, I've never been one to hold much back anyway. I mean, I have always gone live with my hair looking like a troll. I got short hair, I wake up with it crazy, all of that. But I really wanted people, it's easy to see people who've lost weight and wearing the clothes and everything and to think that they probably look really good underneath. And it's like, it's not, it's like I do look really good underneath. This is what really good actually looks like. (laughs) It's full of, you know, I'm 46. I'm not gonna have skin like a 20 year old. More women at 46 need to be proud that we're slaying, doing big things in business. We're, we're just more than wrinkles and all this other stuff. All of that is, I just think it's like the gift our body gives us to say like, hey, you're still kicking it. <laughs> like you're here making a difference. You know, I, the, only, uh, the only body that I'm not going to like is the one when it's six feet under. I'm going to be like, well, we're done.
0: I love that. The only body I'm not going to like is when it's six feet under that is, that's good stuff. Good stuff.
1: Like people are so we're, we're so conditioned to not see what's right in our lives. And we're so conditioned to not notice it and think about it. And somebody has to change that. We have got to start living our lives like they are worth living.
0: Well, this idea, amen to that. And this idea that you just said about how, when I lose the weight, I'll be happy. Talk about, you've said this before, like, let me just tell you, uh, if you lose a hundred pounds and things happen in your life, you know, talk about that.
1: Okay. So everybody always wants to lose weight and like, they think they're just going to be so happy. And this is what I want to tell everybody. You will have moments of happiness. I am not pretending as if when you lose weight, like your brain is not gonna be triggered to be like, woohoo, we're buying new clothes, I weigh in, look, I weigh what I wanna weigh, all that kind of stuff. But you normalize to that pretty fast. You know, you're only gonna buy so many new clothes and get happy hits. After a while, you're just wearing the new clothes. After a while, no one's complimenting you anymore. After a while, like life just starts normalizing you haven't figured out how to be happy with your life and you lost your weight, worrying, angsting, tearing your body apart and stuff, and you're no longer getting validation from the world, from the scale, and you haven't taught yourself how to validate your your progress and stuff, then we just start going back to the way we always thought. So whereas we used to worry we couldn't lose weight and we'd never keep it off, then we get there and we worry we're gonna gain it back. We just start normalizing our thought patterns. If you're not used to telling yourself that, you know, you, are, you really show up for yourself, Corinne, it's like, Amy, even on your worst days, do you know you always have your own back? Like, I'm so proud of you. If you don't look around at your life and find happy things, then your brain is just going to pull you apart. If you're in the habit of pulling yourself apart at 250, when you get to 150, and the newness wears off, your brain is going to go to, well, we're supposed to be pulling ourselves apart. So now let's look for the minutia. Let's yeah. look for the little things, because you'll never look perfect. Your and, brain always like normalizes back to where it was. And I always tell people, too, like you've got to start learning how to believe in yourself, because I've never met anyone that worked for a douchebag who wanted them to work over and to be like... No problem. I weigh 150 pounds now. Whatever you want me to do, I'm all in. I'll work extra. No, let me, let me do the grunt work no one else wants to do because you know I weigh 150 pounds. <laughs> life still sucks if you don't learn how to deal with your life. You're still going to think exactly. it's unfair, all that other stuff. That's why it's important to learn how to just, I know it sounds crazy, but every single person can be happy at the weight they are. Like, even if you're trying to lose weight, you have the opportunity to say, you know what? I'm very happy that today I didn't emotionally eat. Most of us, what we say is like got through another day. I hope I don't fucking blow it tomorrow.
0: I often say I stayed on track.
1: Yeah. And you say it like you're exhausted with it,
0: (laughs) right? Like I stayed on track today. And, And what do you say when I say that?
1: I'm, all, I'm always like asking you, like, all right, well, tell me how that feels. And if it feels like a burden or a struggle or whatever, then we know it's not useful when we think I stayed on track. It's like, you know what I did today? I did exactly what I said I would do. And I think that's amazing. I am really learning how to be someone that says, I'm going to do this. And I do it.
2: Yeah, I don't want
1: to or some of you may be excited. You need to like, like the moments when it's going right. It's like, say, I am so glad that I took advantage of an easy day by making it even easier by doing what I said I will do. Yay me. Like we have to celebrate the successes, but so many of us are trying to lose weight by guarding against the other shoe dropping. It's like, well, I did good for a few days. I mean, and I'm I don't want to tell everybody what you say, but sometimes you have a great week and you're like, well, I hope I can do that again. (laughs) It's like, like part of losing weight is learning when you are saying things like that, like you're setting yourself up for future failures by doing that, because we don't want to get to all of our weight. We don't want to work so hard to get our weight off and then sit there and hope we don't regain it. Because if you hope you get to do that again, you will hope you don't regain it at the end. Our thought patterns mirror that just a few of the words change, but the essence of them will stay the same. If you're not reprogramming it on the way down.
0: Uh, I I totally agree. And with this recent weight gain that I've had over the last year, I see some of those patterns where I, even though I I did eat what I wanted to, I white knuckled it. I, I worried about gaining it back so much that I wasn't present in the moment. So now I can just do better now. I I know what I want to do, but I could do it in a way that serves me long term.
1: Yeah, and I think it's a lot of like you know, it's a lot of rec- for everyone that regained some weight last year. For everyone that has ever done that regain, you have permit like this was something I was actually listening to another podcast I was talking about this. None of us need to forgive ourselves we need to hug ourselves and appreciate that today we just want to do it differently. And that's okay. Like, and if you don't want to do it differently, that's okay too. Like I think we have to get out of this habit of beating ourselves up over things or thinking things shouldn't have happened. I really do believe there are just times in life where you're, you're going to be rocked. And none of us are ever gonna go through those moments perfectly. Like I've, like I've not regained weight, but I will tell you, since I've lost weight, I have manifested other things. Um, I spent a year not speaking to my mother. Now I kept my weight off, but I dealt with being pissed about something through not speaking to my own mother. And I learned through that. Like, I don't wanna show up in the future like that anymore. I always tell myself it was the best I could do that year. Mm. I will never regret it. I will never be ashamed of it. I always want to have my own back and just say, that was the best you had. And I applaud you for the relationship you two have now. And we just forget that. to do those things. We just forget that, you know, everything happens for a reason. Just find a damn good reason as to why it happened. Don't make up some bullshit when that sucks for you.
0: Yeah. I love that you said that everyone gets to tell their own story the way they want to tell it. And why not be, uh, the, what did you say? The hero or the victor, the the
1: victor or the hero, either one.
0: I love that. You know, I started to work with you all those years ago because I wanted to do exactly what you said. I wanted to lose weight but in a way that I would live my life ongoingly. I didn't want to do Weight Watchers or count calories or whatever it might be, and then be done with that and then say like, okay, so now what do I do? I got the weight off, now what do I do? I want to live this way. And, but here, but I've had some challenges along the way. And so I wanna to talk to you about that. It's, it's no surprise that I have gained weight um, over the last year. And I wanna bring up an example that Nicole Walters was on the show And she talked about, she had gone through, okay, I got to tell you, you might've heard the episode, but just to remind those who haven't, Nicole talked about this idea of going to a marketing event and she, the marketing event, the different events were all over the little town. So she had to go here and then go there and go here. And she said, Amy, I didn't go to any of them because of how my body felt when I was uh, walking to these different places. I was out of breath. I felt um, no energy. I was tired. I, I felt just blah. So she's like, I just didn't want to go to any of them. And that's when, when she thought I don't, this is not how I want to live. This doesn't feel good to me. So she went on a health journey in her own personal way. She lost the weight she wanted to lose. And during quarantine, she's gained some of that back. And she made a post on social media and she's like, I love these roles. These roles on my stomach have gotten me through some really hard times over the last year. This body has served me some way or another, the way I've eaten, the way I've shown up over the year, I've survived what we're all going through. And Mm. I cannot beat myself up about that. How do you feel as a weight loss expert and teacher? How do you feel about something
1: like that? I think it's smart. (laughs) First of all, I think it's probably one the, you know, We all get to tell our story the way we want to. I always tell people, you're always going to look back on your past and you're going to tell a story. You might as well tell a damn good one. You should always be the victor. You should always be the hero of your own story. You know, a lot of us, we're always going to gain some weight at some point in our life. We get to decide, does that mean we're bad? Or does it mean that I took care of myself in that moment, the best way I knew how. And so now when I'm learning, is in the next moment when that same situation arises, if I don't want to take care of it with food, what can I learn from it? So the next time, maybe I'm doing it with more emotional tools. That's what I help, you know, like my clients and stuff with. Is, um, you know, when you gain, when if you regain weight or whatever, and a lot of I will be honest, I think my program's amazing, but a lot of my members, they did the best they could through COVID. A lot of them were balancing things that hit the like all the crap hit the fan that they never had to try to like deal with without food ever in their life. And it only makes sense that sometimes we go back to the only thing we know how to do to survive. That's the way the brain works. I just always tell people that is your brain loving you when it offers it. Now, does that mean we don't have things we can learn Because what I ultimately wanted to be when I was losing weight is I wanted to be someone who didn't need food to fix my bad days anymore. I had suffered with depression and all kinds of stuff. And it meant a lot to me personally to become someone who mentally had her own back and did not want to be someone anymore who needed to have her back with food. And I worked really hard to become that person. And I was never going to become the person who didn't rely on food for their emotions through restriction and deprivation. I was only going to become that kind of person who was willing to change the conversation with herself, which meant looking back on all the years that I was overweight and quit saying I struggled and, you know, it's too bad I got fat and blah, blah, blah. Like I had to let go of all of it and just say, was dealing with a lot of crap throughout my teen years my 20s and stuff it got me to where I was and all I wanted to do was become a different version of myself that could eat in a way that truly made her feel good and thought in a way that truly made her feel good and I just think it's smart when anybody is dealing with you know the COVID-15 or the COVID whatever you did and any kind of regain. That you ever have it's not a symptom that something's gone wrong or that something's wrong with you it's just a signal that there's something to learn there is a there is a reason the food seems sexy in the moment versus the conversation you're going to have with yourself in the moment let's figure out that new sexy conversation you can have in the moments in life when you most need it Mm,
0: that's that's good stuff that's powerful Corinne, thank you so much for being on this talking body journey with me. We've talked about it so much in our sessions together. I knew I had to have you on the show to talk about your unique perspective. You have changed my life and been such a huge part of my journey. So thank you so very much.
1: Thank you for having me. I feel really honored to be here.
0: Of course, this whole thing started with my friend, Rachel Hollis, on her stage. So I knew I wanted to check in with her as well after all that we've experienced. We sat down to chat last week over Zoom, and after 20 minutes of unrelated catch-up that was good for my soul, but I won't subject you to that now, we got into it. It's been 12 episodes, and I've changed. Like that, good. I was hoping... I was hoping the 12 episodes would change me for the better and they have. Now let's not be crazy. It's not like everything's different. Um, I'm going to come right out and say, I still want to lose weight. I still want to change my body, but I think with a different lens, a different perspective.
3: And what's the, what's that lens now?
0: So here's the thing, after all these episodes, so the one thing that was very clear, talking to so many women, what was so cool about the show is that we did like the everyday woman, you got to hear from her in every episode almost, just talking about how she feels. And then we interviewed all these experts. And what I realized is number one, I'm not crazy. So the, the feelings I have, the thoughts I have, so many women have them as well here's the one thing I didn't expect. I expected some women to say, I love the show. It's really been helpful. I didn't expect DMS of novels of how, Mm. oh my gosh, I could totally relate. I have that same thing with my husband or my body or that's how I feel like it touched a nerve for sure. Mm. And these women were thanking me for the show. And I was like right back thanking them for like understanding, like I'm not alone in this. So that was big. And then also realizing that there's tons of women out there that are not a size two or four or whatever, and they love their bodies. There were women, okay, they love their bodies and they eat whatever they want to eat. That just totally blew my mind. Right,
3: right. No, I mean, I think that that's, I'm sure we talked about this before of sort of like what is it that you're consuming, or what is the what is the like archetype of woman that you're consuming in your media or in your life? Because I do think that that plays so much into what you think acceptable is, and like what you're trying to be like or what you're trying to have. Like, are you following people like Ashley Graham and um anyone who's sort of representing this body positivity and just like loving their fucking curves and like being themselves, versus you know oh I'm following someone who's this big and I think that I'm supposed to emulate that. Uh,
0: It's so true. Speaking of, so Norma Kamali was one of the women on our show and she was on, she was on the show around aging, which is something that I, that's something I've really changed my mindset around because I was starting to freak out about it. I'm 44. I'm seeing the wrinkles. I'm seeing how different I look than 12 years ago when I started video and all of that she came on and she said that and she's super like uh focused on wellness and well-being overall and she came on and said the role models that she looks toward now are women that have uh are still alive at age 120 so wow yeah so that's her benchmark like if i could just get it to 120 and and so i think she's in her 80s and so um, I'm like, wait, what are you talking about? She said, well, instead of saying like, I want to live to hundred. No, I, oh, she's 75. That's right. She's okay. 75. And she says, I want to live to 120. So I have a lot of years to go. So I'm feeling young and vibrant and like, oh my gosh, I have so much more time. And I thought, whoa, you change your role models, your whole perspective changes.
3: Gosh, isn't that so true? I, I even think of like, if we think of this in the in business, right? Like this idea, we maybe even talked about this last time, but like in business, when we were younger as entrepreneurs, we sort of had this benchmark in our head or this idea of what we wanted to be that was based on our limited knowledge. Like we only have the capacity to imagine what we know And then you start to hang out with people who are so much further along than you are. And you're like, oh my God, the world is so much bigger. There's so many other things that I sort of should be aiming for. And it expands your worldview. And I think it's the same when it comes to women and body and sexuality and what it means to be who you are and how you show up in the world. But unless you seek out those teachers, those tutors, those friends, you're never going to know that information.
0: Uh, It's so true. It's so true. I feel like my whole world has opened up with these women that I I didn't even know existed until I got this opportunity. And it was also fun to be a student on the podcast. I didn't have to be the expert. I didn't have to be the all knowing of things like I do on my own podcast. And so I was able to learn and kind of think about like, is, does that really fit for me? Could I really try that on and, and experiment with it? And one thing that, so, you know, Amy Purdy, Mm-hmm. who, uh, amazing Paralympic, amazing. uh, yep. all around. Dancing with woman. the
3: stars, right? Wasn't she on dancing yes. with the stars?
0: Yes. Yes. So, uh, here she is on a prosthetic legs and she's on dancing with the stars. I mean, come on. Right. So he, the thing with Amy is she was telling a story about when she lost her legs and what she went through. And it was right after it happened. She was 19 years old. She's looking in the mirror and she's thinking about like how horrible this experience has been. And she was saying these things like, oh my God, what am I going to do? I've lost my whole identity. Life is so different now. Everything is not what I want it to be. And then she said, in that moment, something told her, do the exact opposite. Think the exact opposite, like right now and right this moment. And so she said, in that moment, I started thinking the exact opposite of what I was thinking in that moment before. And this little thing, it's funny how someone just says something and it's like sticks with you forever. And every time I look in the mirror now, and if I'm like, oh, these thighs or my stomach or whatever, I catch myself instantly, I'm like think yeah. the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. And I, and I've got to find one good thing to say. And that has helped me immensely. It seems so simple, but it's like a lot of stuff that you teach as well. Right.
3: Right. But it, I also think this is this idea, you know, I'm always obsessed with, with words words have so much power and the words that we use are like even down to the specificity of what we're saying is so important so I, I think that you know for people who are listening it might sound silly that you could stand in the mirror and, like I think I told you this last time that I stand in the mirror and I'm like look at that butt though like look at you okay okay <laughs> nothing about my body changed And the first time I started doing that, I didn't really believe what I was saying, but I did it enough like every day that now, like I was on set this week, uh, we were shooting for the app and I kept walking by the mirror and I was checking out my own butt. Like I was like, oh, (laughs) all right though. And I thought, Rachel, so someone's gonna see you doing this, but it's become such a routine in my life that I believe it. I'm like, I got an ass that will not quit I, you know, sometimes i like, quit it. And it's like, no, I can't. Often, <laughs> I love the, it. The words that I'm using and the language around like those affirmations of what it is to love yourself well. So that's such a good piece of advice.
0: It was, it was really cool. It was really cool. And, uh, there was another one, uh, Julia Tertian. She is a chef and she's, Uh, written books and done amazing things in in her own right. But there was one little thing she said as well that I took with me. And this is the very beginning of the show. And she was saying that at one point, the only thing she used to feel was either I'm happy or I'm fat. That's all she was like, am I happy or am I fat, right? And so then what she did is she got online and she bought one of those posters for, um, and I don't know if you and I talked about this that first time we chatted, but I need to bring it up again. She bought one of those posters that has all the emotions you could feel that you would put in like a first grade classroom, oh, right. right? yeah. Sad, happy, excited, thrilled, tired, whatever it might be. And she put it on her wall. And every time she would say, I'm fat, she'd have to choose a, an emotion that she was feeling instead. That's great. And I thought that was powerful too, because I realized I've been very limited in, I couldn't honestly say I am either feeling happy or fat. That was very much related to me. All wow. the other emotions didn't matter. Wow. And so that, that little one, that little thing, just the conversation I had with her has stuck with me as well, mm. because it just has made me think, okay, what else could it might be? It right. doesn't always have to be right. fat. Yeah. yeah.
3: So good. I love also, this is the power in being able to have conversations with other people, especially women, because women are better, um, to to hear, like, how did someone else map this out? Like, how did someone else figure out these things? Or like, I I don't know, because that would never occur to me. And that's such a brilliant idea.
0: Yeah, it, it, it was cool. Just overall, just talking to all of these women, I was reminded how powerful women are. I was reminded that everyone has their own unique experiences, and you don't have to stay where you're at. Because most of the women I talked to, the experts, they had their own challenges, their own struggles, and sure. they have overcome them. They're in a different place mm-hmm. than me for with uh, being beyond it, really. But yeah. they they had it. And so they inspired me thinking, Oh, I could get past this. I, I could get beyond this. And you know what it is. My mind is open. It's, it was so close. Like, as you know, um, the goal weight and the, the dieting and the mentality around, I've got to change. I've got to change in order to be better and to be seen as more successful. I can see that chipping away. And these women have yeah. been an example of, of how that will happen. So it's, it's been an amazing experience. And I well, know
3: this wasn't easy either, Amy. No. I know this wasn't easy for you. And I'm proud of you as your I friend. I appreciate
0: that. There were yeah. some episodes that afterwards I would call up Chelsea, our producer, and be like, whoa. Or once she told me, she's like, I could, I could tell that was a hard one for you. You did a good job. Like, yeah. talking about it. So yeah. definitely not easy, but you and I both know, especially in, in our careers, you got to get uncomfortable yeah, if you want to grow. Yeah, you have
3: to. You have to look my tattoo. Embrace the suck. It might be hard to do, but that's the only way you're going to come out the other side as something better. So
0: amen to that. As you know, we interviewed so many women for this series, some of whom you'll hear from one last time in a bit. And to be honest, it's maybe the part of this series that I'm most proud of that so many of you would choose to open up about this part of your lives that we are taught to carry shame about, that takes guts. It's not something I will soon forget. On one of these interview Zoom chats, a woman who we'll call A said something so powerful, it stopped all of us in our
2: tracks. When you say, can I love myself without wanting to, I still want to change myself there is no way to love yourself without wanting to change yourself. Love in itself is like that value of imperfection. And imperfection is valuable because of the fact that it means there's always something to improve on. It means that there's always a purpose. So if you want to love yourself without um, valuing the parts of you that you know that you can improve on and always like use to give yourself meaning and just something to look towards, then I can't say that you love yourself. The fact that you want to be better doesn't mean that you don't, you don't think you're already good. You know, so, so yeah, I do love myself, but I know what I need to become, and I work on becoming that person. And that is me loving myself because I know that I'm giving myself the credit and the self-worth and just believing in my own ability to become who I need to become.
0: You don't change what you don't care about. This whole time, I've been worrying that if I want to lose weight or get Botox or change my appearance in any way, it means I failed some kind of internal self-love test when the truth is so plain in front of me. I change things in my house, my relationships, my business every single day, and I look at those changes with pride. If I want a garden, I till the soil. I research the best flowers. I water the buds when the rain is not enough. I work and I make changes and I work some more and I make some changes again and every step of the way, I feel proud. So why not with my body? If I think about my body and how I wanna feel and look, yes, look, because I am done feeling shame about owning my appearance, that doesn't mean I don't love my body. It means the opposite. I told Corinne about a, in this thing she had said, okay, I'm going to ask you one final question. And it's really the, the thesis or the premise or whatever the theme of this podcast. And that is, do you believe that you can love yourself, love your body and still want to change it?
1: I do. I think it it all comes down to when you think about why you want to change it. So like, I think about myself, there were things, like I will say, like I was probably on both sides, but what really drove me was I think that I had, I loved myself enough to change. I knew that I was eating and then being depressed for me. I could really see, that eventually there was not going to be enough food to keep up with how bad I felt. And I wasn't depressed about my weight. I was depressed about my life. You know, I, my weight was an easy target, but when I really looked at it, I was in postpartum. I didn't like, I, you know, I had a child and at that time in my life, I'm a very A-type person and I was sitting at home with a baby who never slept for an entire year. And I was, I just felt like I wasn't serving my purpose and I was too ashamed to tell people that I didn't think that being at home with my child was a good enough purpose. And so I ate my way through all of that. And when I decided to lose weight, it was because I knew I was not gonna be able to outrun my depression with enough ice cream and Whoppers and anything else that I could get down. And that's when I knew that I wanted to change. And so I I think I loved myself in that moment so much that I was willing to say like, shit has to change. So I don't, like, I I think the worst reason in the world to lose weight is through hatred of your body. It does so much for you. Like, I just think about the magnificence of our brains and how it's constantly, even when we think that it's working against us, it's so desperate to make us happy, to keep us safe, and out of danger, that it will even do asinine shit to get us there. Our job is just to listen to what's really going on and help it along the way towards what we truly want for ourselves.
0: A, wherever you are, I want to say thank you. One thing Rachel always says is that you can hear people say the same message a million different ways, but when you hear that one thing that really resonates with you It's like the world just opens up. My final hope for you, listener, is that somewhere in these 12 episodes, you heard something that resonated for you. Maybe you heard yourself in a story like A's. Maybe one of our guests delivered a truth that you were avoiding. Maybe it's something you heard a million times from a million different people, but this one time it broke through. I'm not going to tell you to love your body. I'm not going to tell you to stop trying to lose weight, but I will leave you with this. I encourage you to aggressively curate a life for yourself that feels good. Write down a list of goals you want, and then write a list of steps to get there. And if the steps required to achieve that thing make you miserable, then maybe reevaluate why you want to achieve that goal in the first place. We only get this one precious life and only for so long. Do you really want to spend it limiting yourself? I know I don't. So thanks again, friend. And thanks for being on this journey with me. Of course, always.
3: So Carrie Fisher said, youth and beauty are not accomplishments. They're the temporary happy byproducts of time and DNA. I don't know that I'm ever going to love everything about my body. Like, I I don't know that I can get there, but I do want to at least change um, and have a little bit more respect for my body and what it does for me every day. It hasn't failed me yet, so I feel like I owe it a little bit of love for that. If not love, at least respect. I could probably focus less on what I don't like and more about what I like and love myself through all the things that, I do It's my friendships, all the relationships I cultivate, and all the great hobbies I surround myself with
1: and supportive friends and individuals. You know,
3: bigger picture type things instead of focusing on just saddlebags or body hair.
1: I don't want to be stiff then. Like, I, I like curves. I love curves. And so I love that with the weight gain, like the curves have filled in, you know, on my lower half. Like, I like, you know, the wider hips, even though, you know, pissed me off that I got to buy a bunch of new jeans, but still like, I I like that.
3: (laughs) I went through a year of what I was like labeling as a weight loss journey. And now I am totally looking at it as this is a wellness journey. This is a lifelong commitment to my body to just fuel it and move it and make it feel the best it can no matter what the measurements or the scale says. And I have to love it where it's at currently because if I don't love it right now, I'll never be in a spot, no matter what the scale says, I'll never be in a spot. I always want to change it and make it something in my brain think it's going to be better if I lose five more pounds and just you're just going to keep pushing it and pushing it. So you have to focus on loving it right now to love it in the future. But I'm not there yet. I want to be there, but I'm not there yet. <laughs> I think like with, with my PCOS, like it kind of, how I relate to my body, it's like it was like everything in a way. Cause the beginning was basically where I was super at heads or like at odds with myself and my body and just like constantly trying to like force and go against and like force, 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 restrict, 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 like make myself smaller. It felt very exhausting. Yeah, like my PCOS in a way has made me so much more like in tune with my body too. Because I think it like your body does give you like information. and instead of trying to just shut it down all the time or like turn it off, like it's kind of powerful when you can lean into it and like listen to it and like operate from that space as opposed to just force. I feel like it's less now about losing weight and more just about feeling good. Like when I go on my little peloton, I actually got a fake peloton. It's not even the real one because I'm too cheap. But like when I go on that, I feel better. And that, that's what I chase now is just feeling better. Like it's not that. Like, oh, I need to weigh myself every day and lose 10 pounds. It's just that when I do that, I actually feel like good. And that's the important thing that I feel like we all should chase. It's just the feeling of what makes you feel good. Is it walking outside? Is it going for a swim in your pool? Is it going on your fake Peloton and watching your Peloton instructor kick your butt? Is it, you know, like... What makes you feel good? What makes you happy? Like It's not hours at the gym anymore that you have to spend every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday to feel like you're worthy
0: of eating a slice of pizza.
3: Even though I feel like it comes from a healthier place now, there is. I still would love to lose some weight because I feel like it would make me a healthier person. So I feel like even though I do, it's not... It's not a need that I used to have to in order to fit in or to have approval from other people. I feel like I do want to change the way that I look, but it is not because of that. It's because I know I can get healthier and I know it's going to serve me long term um, and it's going to make me have an easier life going on going forward. Um, so I, I would. But I think for me now, it is a lot more health related. Rather than what it used to be, an unhealthy fear of people not liking me or judging me and judging my body.
1: The number one thing that I do to like keep like keep myself kind of level-headed is cook.
0: Whenever I'm having like a super bummer day or like not feeling good about myself, I'll just like get the ingredients to cook something that makes me really happy, and then just like spend
1: hours in the kitchen, and that is like my surefire way to feel better. Every time. <laughs> and then I get to eat something tasty. So it just, it's like a win-win, you know? <laughs> I don't know. I guess I could just not worry about it. <laughs> like, I don't think it's all about body, you know? Like, yes, it, that's not like disqualifying anyone who thinks it's about body, but it's like, I don't think it's about body. I don't think it's about image. I don't think it's about personality. I think it's really just about what you do on a day-to-day
3: and how that affects people, how that affects yourself, how that affects people who you love. And if you're making a positive impact, then that's
1: what your body should look like. You know, you're falling into the face of the earth with your heart wide open and you wanna capture as many people as you can.
0: I hope you enjoyed listening to this season of Talking Body as much as we enjoyed making it. Now, I can't make any promises, but if we were to create more stories for this series, what would you want to hear about? If you want to submit an idea, get something off your chest, or tell us what the show meant to you, good or bad, drop me a line on social, DM me, or if you want, you can call the podcast hotline for 3% chance. The number's 737400 H O C O and someone is always listening Take care of yourselves out there Body is hosted by me, Amy Porterfield. The show is produced and edited by Chelsea Harfouche with production support from Sterling Coates. Episodes are written and researched by Chelsea Harfouche and Amy Porterfield. Cameron Berkman is our executive producer. Special thanks to all the women who participated in the interview and research portion of this podcast. Talking Body is a 3% chance production.